What's up, gamers? Welcome to the 24th episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour, just one week away from that episode 25, um, which, of course, is 25 episodes away from 50. Uh, we all know that that's the real goal. I am the Commissioner Glenn Gordon, your host for this and, um, well, most episodes. And I, of course, am here with the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today. Um, we haven't heard from these two in a while. First of all, our favorite shapeshifter, Fraser Miller. How are you, Fraser? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Hello, I like that. I'm pretty good. Um, just kind of waiting to be scheduled for work, and in the meantime, uh, working on some college stuff, and on playing my expert playthrough of Infamous, um, which I was doing just before this, actually, working on finishing it so I can get my platinum trophy. It's the last thing I need. To get my platinum trophy, all those are the platinums. Yeah. How? How? What about you? How's gaming been treating you lately? Pretty good, pretty good. But I've not been able to do much because I've been having two jobs at the moment and a wedding. And a wedding. And prepping for a festival. I have a lot going on at the moment. <laughs> this guy is really busy. You're like the busiest guy I know right now. Um, <laughs> also, of course, with us we have our prodigal son, Ernest Lynn who we have not seen since uh, episode 21, when he was in Los Angeles on the E3 show floor. How are you, Ernest? Good, good. Good. How was that, man? Um, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. We had a good crew. I think that made the whole thing really, really enjoyable. And um, got to see a lot of stuff, despite um, I feel like there were slightly less booths because so many studios are working on stuff and don't have a lot to show quite yet. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, we, we've been talking about E3 quite a bit afterward. And um, let's see, Gary had a big rant. You weren't here for it, but Gary had a big rant about how, um, just last episode actually, about how he doesn't like when things are shown behind closed doors um, mm. because that footage tends to get out to everyone anyway. And yeah, yeah. A lot of times they'll release it, like, what, the week after? Yeah, so it doesn't make sense to just have it locked behind closed doors at all. Yeah, um, I wonder if it's kind of a, like, a PR tactic, like, they're waiting to see if, uh, if the, all the press and people think it's cool, and they'll, like, okay, then we'll go and release it out to the world. And <laughs> if not, they just keep it. Closed doors forever. <laughs> I guess, maybe. Anyway, um, it's been a slow news week this week, um, not just for PlayStation, for Xbox and um, the Nintendo as well. Uh, just one of those weeks. Sometimes we have really busy weeks. Other weeks, especially after E3, things kind of slow down. But we still have some interesting things to talk about. Uh, but before we get into that, I'd like to give another quick shout-out to the guys at Overclocked Remix. Uh, we've been using Overclocked Remix's music for our intros and endings um, on the past several episodes. In fact, last episode, we played you an entire song, um, Immortalized, from Halo 3. Um, so shout out to Overclocked Remix. Uh, they actually have no idea that we're talking so much about them. Uh, this isn't like a promotional thing. I just think they're super cool. Um, so if you love video game music, and I know you do, uh, check out ocremix.org. Um, it, it's really cool. It's really regulated. They, um, they, they judge the different remixes, and they, they show the best ones. It's, it's really sweet. So check them out at ocremix.org. Um, also, we have some tweets. 
Uh, we actually have some tweets this week. If you have anything to say, um, if you would like us to talk about anything, if you have an opinion to give us about anything we talk about, just send a tweet over to us at the RDGH, at T-H-E-R-D-G-H. Um, our first ones are from our friend The Vons, um, who tells us who gives us some very high praise. Uh, thank you, sir. He says, the episodes get better and funnier each time I listen. I love this show. Um, are, are we really that funny? I don't know. Are we funny? Uh. Well, that, now we're just getting awkward. Okay. Um, <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts, but always make sure to listen to at PSU.com and at the RDGH for last as they're my favorite. Uh, PSU.com, he's talking about PlayStation Unchained. If you're a PlayStation fan, check out PlayStation Unchained. Um, we're actually kind of bundled with them on iTunes for now. More on that later. Um, he also says he's listening to us, and uh, before he goes to work, it's the best way to get hyped before he starts his shift. Thank you very much, man. We're glad you're enjoying the podcast, so keep listening, and we will keep bringing it. Um, this one wasn't actually sent to at the RDGH. It was actually sent to um, my personal Twitter, at Gogolan underscore. But it's about RDGH, so I am going to read it anyway. This one's from our friend Shifty25. Um, he says, uh, Glenn, I'm listening to your RDGH stereotype rant, and I had to laugh at your comeback against the Hispanic people telling you to go to McDonald's. Um, you guys have no clue what that's about, do you? No. no? Okay. Um, well, basically we were talking about how, um, people behave in League of Legends. Have you guys even ever played League of Legends? Played it a few bits and then decided to leave it to its hellhole. Yeah, that's precisely what we were talking about. <laughs> how, how about you, Ernest? Have you played it at all? Okay. Um, I'll take that as a no. Um, well, basically what... Yeah, League of Legends is known for having a crappy, terrible community of people, uh, which is what I was ranting about. And I was, was talking about how I had met some Hispanic uh, players and how the Spanish community used to be really, I guess, toxic there. And, um, I mean, that's not racism. That's just how it was. Like, people didn't like playing with the Spanish community because they got super competitive and they would just chew you out at the slightest mistake. They're really intense. Um, so it was unfortunate that they presented themselves that way. And so, uh, I had been in a game with these guys and, and they were like, um, they were making fun of me because I'm American and then, you know, you're just late, you're just a lazy American, you go to, go to McDonald's, you're fat or whatever. And I said something like, you know, you know, fine, I'll go to McDonald's, you come here and mow my lawn because, you know... You can, you can make fun of me for my stereotypes. You've got stereotypes, too. They were upset. Um, but <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that, uh, Shifty. Where, um, the, the freaking, here, come on, the Scottish stereotype is like someone drinking iron brew constantly, drinking whiskey all the time, and <laughs> murdering people. I'm pretty sure we're not like that. We're really friendly and give hugs. Oh, look at this guy. He's, he's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's how it was. Since then... Uh, the Spanish community has gotten its own server, which I feel bad saying this because I, I have a lot of friends who are Spanish and, and they're amazing. A lot of, in real life, a lot of Spanish uh, people are just really welcoming and, and really 
nice. A lot of them are really good cooks, which is great. I love Spanish food. But um, in this game, in League of Legends, I mean, so it was it was just a pain to play with um, people who were Spanish. Like you would get into the queue to join a game. And you'd see people start talking in Spanish or sometimes in Portuguese, and it's just like, okay, I'm about to have a bad game. Um, not because they're bad players, but just because they would yell at you for everything. Um, so, I mean, I, I just hope people uh, <laughs> don't forget that they're talking to human beings and, and not just little drones on the Internet. Because, I mean, the community, you, you heard Frazier, a lot of people don't play League of Legends not because it's a bad game, but because the community is just so terrible. And um, so that's what we want to get rid of. Um, also, before we get into the news here, I want to give a quick shout out to Smash Gaming Nine Nine Nine. Why, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Fraser's channel on YouTube gives out some pretty good let's plays, uh, previews. I, I don't, I don't remember. Did you say you do reviews as well? Reviews. Well, it's just uh, it's first impressions. So first impressions. Like, I don't tend to go into reviews as such. Usually, I'll say at the end of like a, a last episode of a playthrough, I'll give my sort of thoughts on the game. But that's about as far as I go as reviews concerned. Okay, okay. Well, that's cool. Check him out, Smash Gaming Nine Nine Nine. We used his um his exit music, um for our exit music uh, several episodes ago. Uh, maybe we should do that again, I don't know. But um, definitely check him out. Also, check out The La Sombra Files, Dane Smith's novel. Um, our favorite host with the most, Dane Smith, from episodes one through five. Uh, he's also been on a couple episodes afterward. He has written a book. It's like a mystery thriller novel, and I've been reading through it. It's really good. Check it out. It's only a dollar on Kindle, so you have no reason not to get this book. Um, it, it's it's really good. So check it out. Um, it's called The Lasombra Files, L-A-S-O-M-B-R-A. Also follow him at Lasombra Files on Twitter. Um, all that out of the way, let's get into some news, guys. Are, Ernest, are you there? I am. You're there, yeah, right? I accidentally hit my uh, mute button. Oh, <laughs> so I was saying stuff about League of Legends. Oh, you were? Well, what were you saying? Have you, have you played? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I played a little bit, and then my brother plays a lot, and I've been around people that play, and just... Man, that that game sometimes brings out the worst <laughs> in some of the players. It does. It really Ooh. does. Yeah. Which sucks because it's such a fun, fun game. I love League of Legends. And mm-hmm. um, lately it's been, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for Riot, uh, the developer. Uh, the, they run League of Legends. They built League of Legends. Um, because they recognize how terrible their community is. And they've been taking steps for a long time now to turn that around and slowly but surely it's been working there are still really toxic douchebags who play the game but um it's gotten a lot better it's gotten a lot Mm. better and they're actually revamping the tribunal which is their uh community powered disciplinary system um they're they're completely revamping that so i'm eager to see the community improve further and I, I'm hoping more people will be willing to play the game because it's so much fun. But there's nothing worse than being trapped in a game with someone who's just a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you should actually, I think you should play League of Legends. Just don't play ranked. <laughs> don't uh, play ranked. Don't play. <laughs> because um, the, there are smaller modes, there's bots um, for when you're first starting out. And then um, there's normals, which are okay. And then there's ARAM, which I love. There's Dominion, there's Twisted Tree Line, 
And all of those, I mean, you don't find those toxic players as much in those areas as you do in a ranked. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's like, you, you know, the people you meet, the people you talk to, all of them are living lives and fighting battles that you, have, you know nothing about. So just don't treat each other like crap, and, and our community will improve. Um, let's get into some news here. The PlayStation 4's DualShock 4 controller was originally announced in three colors, black, wave blue, and magma red. Black came to all regions, wave blue and magma red went to Europe. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, wave blue is coming to the United States later this year. Um, which m- just makes me so happy because blue is my favorite color. I, I wasn't even going to get the red. Um, I have actually seen some other colors on eBay that people have customized. I've seen a blue camouflage controller, which costs like $90, but it's just so, it's awesome. It's an awesome looking controller, the blue camouflage. But Wave Blue, the official Sony Wave Blue, is coming to the United States later this year. Um, Fraser, you don't count because you're in Europe. Do you, do you have this? Do you have a colored controller? I would have if I didn't buy the sort of ultimate bundle thing with Killzone and that came with two controllers. Oh, well then, you know. I, my favorite color is red, but two controllers, I'm not really going to need much more. Right, right. Um, you could, yeah, I, I was going to say you could sell one and get the blue one, but what the point of that be? It's, it's no, not color. blue, red. Or whatever, <laughs> red. Um, <laughs> uh, how about you, Ernest? You're in the United States. Do you plan on uh, saving your next controller purchase for the Wave Blue DualShock 4? Um, yeah, probably. Uh, blue is my favorite color. Yes. Well, so. See, this guy knows what's up, Fraser. You know <laughs> yeah, Hang on now. You're on I'm, just, I'm leaving. Uh, That's it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. No. Um, nowhere I'm in on, Scotland. You can't in, get me. I can't get you? <laughs> you can't get you. Watch. You're going to see this random big six foot seven dude show up in Scotland one day just asking for Fraser. Um, That's when I'll dig my own grave. No, no. I'm, I'm not a violent person, I promise. Um, I don't even bite. I'm a vegetarian. I, I don't bite. Um, but that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> no word on the Magma Red for the United States. Um, That's because I took them I mean, no, yeah, I didn't take them all, honestly. You took them all. What, what would you need with every Magma Red controller in existence? You could sell them for profit? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um... In addition to the standard black, wave, blue, and magma red PS4 controllers, special urban camouflage and glacier white gamepads are in the works. I think we saw the glacier white um, during E3 announced with a white PS4. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it looks, it actually looks really pretty. But I thought that you, you know how the DualShock 4 has the uh, colored faceplate, and then the the back is this kind of dark gray. I thought the white one would have that, but no, it looks like the uh, the white controller is just all white, and it has like black buttons and a black trackpad, or touchpad, not trackpad. Yeah. Um, but Urban Camouflage, I, I'm looking at an article on GameSpot.com, by the way, if you want to check this out. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's in other places, too, but yeah, uh, he's talking about the uh, Destiny bundle. It looks like that will come... Yeah, it looks like the herb, the Glacier White and the Urban mm-hmm. Camouflage will come with the white uh, PS4 
uh, when that launches with Destiny later this year. So, um, new DualShock 4 controllers are coming. Um, speaking of PS4, there have been a lot of articles talking about money um, lately. And so I figured it would be suitable to look at Forbes.com when discussing this next issue. Sony has been outspending Microsoft in TV ad campaigns. And that is saying something because all Microsoft freaking does is advertise. Windows Vista sucks? Oh, well, let's advertise. (laughs) You know, Windows 8, people aren't catching on? Oh, let's advertise. But Sony has been advertising like crazy. Um, According to Forbes.com, through the end of May 2014, Sony has spent $59 million to Microsoft's $34.7 million on TV advertising. Um, Which is news to me because I haven't even seen that many PlayStation ads. Have you guys? Not not really. I feel like Microsoft's the one who spends a lot of money. You know, I saw... Uh, when Xbox One, around the time it was coming out, you had a bunch of commercials with that. Titanfall had the commercial with the Titans falling, like the two guys walking yeah. about their lives. You know, it just I, I was surprised to hear that as well because it definitely feels that Microsoft is the one who pushes um, a lot of advertising. The, the only thing that I could think of would be like how, how you know how um, they've been tailoring multi-platform games to specific consoles a little more. Like Watch Dogs mm-hmm. was only advertised with PlayStation. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity seems to be advertised with Xbox One. Um, Destiny's yeah. advertised with PlayStation. I wonder if those ads um, cost Sony a little money as well. Yeah, yeah that could be it as well. Um, networks like... Uh, Sony spent the most on networks like Fox and Fox Sports, Comedy Central, ESPN, TNT. Uh, this is clearly in the United States. Um, although I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have you have Comedy Central and all that in in the UK, right, Fraser? Last I checked on Sky, it does. Yeah? I don't watch much TV though myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think? I mean, not too long ago we were hearing about. Goodness, um, an extra two hundred fifty million dollar loss for the fiscal year for Sony. Um, how do you feel about them spending this much money on TV advertisements? Part of me feels like it's one of those things you know you have to spend some to get some. Right. Yeah, um, and you know if they put in the effort, it's going to hopefully turn for the better. I think it has for them because you know PlayStation Four. Don't they say now it's. It's profitable, and that's one of the divisions of Sony that's actually doing well. So I guess it was worth the money. Right. Um, Well, I I don't know. I feel like maybe they could cut back a little bit because there's already so much attention around the PlayStation 4. Um, I don't know. I I feel weird saying that they would have to spend this much money, although I guess I know nothing because they've sold... um, 8.1 8.1 million consoles or something like that. A VG chart said this, so do with it what you will. Um, but 8.1 million consoles to Xbox One's 4.5 million. So they're doing something right. I guess I, I'm not going to complain. Um, but that is a lot of money for them to be spending, especially with Sony's financial situation. But um, if they see a return on it, then as far as I'm concerned, they, that's good news. Um, that's good news. We were talking about VG charts last uh, last episode, actually. Um, let me see if I could find it. Hold on. Do, 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 do. 
Okay, yeah, we were looking at the weekly sales worldwide. And, um, oh, hey, look at that. Um, Mario Kart 8 beat Watchdogs now. Huh. Well, anyway, for the weekly hardware chart, um, let's see, yeah, in Japan, I was talking about Japan, um, Xbox 360 sales, because the Xbox One is not out in Japan just yet. Um, so the newest uh, hardware that Japan Japanese customers have is the Xbox 360. So in North America, for the week ending in the 14th of June, 2014, uh, 18,903 for North America, 13,048 for Europe, and 183 for Japan. That's it, just 183 for Japan. Um, we, we've been talking about how the original Wii had 116, but now there's a Wii U, which has like 11,000, so there's a good reason there. And we were wondering, like, you know, is it worth it for Microsoft to launch in Japan? Um, they're clearly not selling very well. I mean, in contrast, the PS4 in Japan sold 7,000, uh, almost 8,000, um, which isn't a, a, an extremely high number by any means, but uh, it's definitely a lot higher than 183. Uh, what do you guys think? Is it worth it for Microsoft to pursue the Japanese market at this point? Um, I, I mean, I don't think they'll... They're too proud to just give up and not not give it a try. Um, I think I mean they're if they buy if the room the the rumors and all the speculations true and they buy Capcom maybe maybe then there'll be like a really big incentive for Japanese gamers to to buy an Xbox One. I imagine if that happened. We, um, we talked about know. that last week. Gary and Ben did not seem to agree that buying Capcom would make too much of a difference um, for Xbox. I think it has it has the potential to, because um, then you would get Resident Evil uh, if they come out with some really cool like JRPG series. Uh, definitely with the fighting game community, they would be forced to buy Xbox One. For whatever the next Street Fighter or Marvel versus Capcom game is, right? Um, so, I yeah, I don't know. It would kind of be up to whatever Capcom produces when once they are part of Microsoft. Um, apparently, pre-orders. I don't know. I just saw this on online that the pre-orders of the Day One Edition aren't doing too shabby over in Japan. Mm-hmm. At some of their uh, electronic stores, so there's there are people who are interested, and uh, I know there's a very like niche following of Xbox and in, in Japan, like gamers who are into uh, like Halo and F- other FPS games. Um, Halo Three, I know in particular, sold surprisingly well over there. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard something about that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a complete lost cause. Um, you know, if they work within their budgets of distributing it around the country and uh, spending the right amount, like not too much on advertising, um, but getting the word out there, then sure, why not? There's there's a piece of the pie for everybody. Yeah. Um, well, I am seeing something here. That said, and this is on GameFAQs, it's just on a form, so uh, you can take it with a grain of salt if you want. 
Um, it says legally Capcom is a Japanese company, um, and there's a law of some sort that Japanese companies can only be bought out by other Japanese companies. So companies like Microsoft and EA wouldn't be able to buy them if they wanted to. Um, and the people in this thread are talking about how there might be loopholes, um, but there are other people who show some recognition of that law in Japan. So I, I don't know. Do you guys know anything about that? Um, I do not. No? Yeah. Um, well, anyway, there, there, there are a lot of rumors about how Microsoft could buy Capcom, and I think that's because it would be a big benefit to Microsoft to buy Capcom. But um, anyway, Capcom, I, I don't know what the situation with them is. They're in trouble. Fraser, you're sending me links. What are you sending me? Apparently Capcom's board approved the renewal of the takeover defense countermeasures. Meaning that now it can't be bought? Uh, apparently Capcom expects to repurpose the plan for next year. Oh, okay. So, so people can't mm-hmm. buy them. All right. Capcom's off the table. Sorry, Microsoft. <laughs> You'll have to find something else to do. Capcom's saying no. Um, but yeah, uh, again, these figures... Um, oh, hey, this is cool. Xbox One, last week we said it sold $4.5 billion. Now it's saying four point six. So that's pretty cool. That's good news. But again, this is VG Charts. Um, I, I, I like VG Charts. I know a lot of people say it's not reliable. And it has proven in the past to be unreliable. A lot of these are, are kind of estimates, but the truth is, they're not usually that far off. Um, even if they are wrong a lot of the time, they're not usually very far off. So, um, I don't know. 4.6 million sounds reasonable for the Xbox One at this point, but 100,000 more than last week. That's pretty good. Um, so, let's move on. Let's talk about Drive Club. Are you guys excited about Drive Club? I am. Not really. Not really? I'm not a I'm not a racing sim guy. I'm really bad at them. And I just now see this is, they don't really interest me. This is they're pretty. This isn't necessarily a sim though. Um yeah, but it just it handles kinda like one, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. you got to play yeah. it at E3, right? You got to Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it kind um, of feels like a sim. Yeah, it's leaning like Gameplays wise, I feel it leans more towards, hand, you know, handling like a sim more than like an arcade racer. Like say, uh, what's Ubisoft's one? Um, uh, the crew. The crew. Yeah, that that one is more of a like an arcade racer. Um, it reminded me a lot of like uh, Need for Speed and those sort of games, which I I have more fun with. Were there any noticeable arcade elements, or did it just feel mostly like a sim? Um, a drive club? Yeah, a drive club. Yeah, it was just, I uh, just felt like just how everything drove and stuff felt more like a sim. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I guess that'll make the sim guys happy. Uh, yeah. I'm finding another article on GameSpot here from uh, a discussion with Paul, R- what's this guy's freaking name? Rust. I know I've been taught this name before. Was it Rustchinsky? 
the the director for for Drive Club, Paul Ruschinski. That sounds right. I'm going to go with that. Um, Drive Club game director Paul Ruschinski was talking was talking with Edge, and yet again he decided that he had to explain why having 1080p and 30 frames per second was the right choice for the game. Um, you know, I'm really tired of people freaking out about frame rate and resolution. You know, I doubt that half of the people who complain about 1080p know what the freaking P stands for. Um, <laughs> honestly, people are throwing around numbers that they have no clue what it's about. The biggest benefit to having um, something like 60 frames per second is uh, a cushion against frame rate drops. But really, the frame rate just has to do with what kind of story you want to tell. Um, Hollywood tends to stick with like 24 frames per second. Um, TV t- tends to stick with 30 frames per second. Um, it's, it's really only like things like sports um, that try to go for 60 and whatnot. Um, but really, the biggest issue is frame rate drops. You want frame rate to be consistent. It doesn't have to be sky high, but it has to be consistent. Um, resolution is not that much of an issue. Frame rate drops are an issue. And um, obviously a lot of people are are whining about the frame rate. Oh, it's 30 frames per second. It's not 60 frames per second. Um, Raschensky says, again, that he suspects a lot of people think that they may have compromised the gameplay experience by choosing 30 frames per second. But, uh, quote, we've spent a huge amount of time minimizing the latency between the pad and what happens inside the game. So you never feel disconnected and you never feel like you're getting a subpar experience. Um... It feels like they've aimed for 30 frames per second, Uh, which considering, I mean, goodness, considering all the detail, all the freaking detail that they have gone through with Drive Club, um, Mm -hmm. have have you seen that list, Ernest and and Frazier? Um, Someone went to, I guess, Evolution and came back and made like a list of 51 things that Evolution had done for the game. Like, um, you know, taking a thousand pictures inside and outside each car, um, how people can actually see true-to-life constellations in the sky, and how there are, like, flamingos somewhere in India that all act independently of each other, stuff like that. Have you seen that list? Yep. Yep. Freaking crazy list. It is insane. And that's the thing, I would rather trade, you know give up 60 frames per second and go to 30 frames per second, if it means that they can have this really great, you know, visual fidelity and all these effects and lighting and all that stuff, you know, particles and all that. I would much rather have that. I think that's more integral to this more immersive and eye-catching experience than just, oh, it's running at 60 frames. You know what's crazy? They did not use any filters at all. Um, with their audio captures. They used microphones, they captured actual sound from the car in different situations. And, you know, they use no filters. So, you know, you punch it, your car's making the same sound it would, not filtered, but actual sound captured from the car, punching it. And their audio captures were such high quality that BMW and Mercedes-Benz AMG asked for copies to replace their existing libraries. It's that good. Um, And despite all of this, each map takes no more than 15 seconds to load. So, yeah, I'll trade um, 
60 frames per second for 30 if it has to do with that. Um, if we can have all of that, as long as there aren't any frame rate drops, that's the big issue there. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, <laughs> Fraser, you can talk to me. You don't have to text me. Um, I want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what what guy are you talking about? The one who likes sixty FPS. Who sucks the FPS? Yeah. Okay. Um, be- because I-, I want to bring into the fact that PCs have been doing it for more than five years. Sure. At least. Of course you do. Ooh, master race <laughs> of over course here. You do. <laughs> no, none of that master race. It's just because it's like when you look at it, when you actually sit and play 60 FPS to 30 FPS, you notice the difference. Mm-hmm. You get used to it. Um, Naughty Dog actually posted a 60 FPS uh, video thing on their main website for The Last of Us. Because YouTube still only supports 30 FPS, which is changing soon, actually. Um, and it just looks stunning. You notice a difference so, so much. Yeah. Mm. Frame, rate, frame rate does that, but it, has, it really has to do with what kind of story you're, you're wanting to tell. Um, I mean, 60 frames per second, what, what games do you play usually on your PC that are 60 frames per second? Wolfenstein New Order runs at 60 uh-huh. Watch Dogs runs at 60 well I force it to 60 because it, it tries to run at like 120 <laughs> Yeah, it makes it easier for recording mm-hmm. I think part I think a lot of developers try to push the number just because a lot of people freak out if you don't have it driving games I feel should be at 60 FPS because of the fast motion fast motion is FPS benefits a lot of games benefit a lot more for more frames if they're very fast paced hence why I'm like Drive Club should be 60. Mm-hmm. It would benefit more with the fact of just sheer speed like needs for speed uh, on PC was completely broken because people made it go at 60 FPS but they had locked the gameplay to the FPS so you unlocked the frame rate it made the game go twice as fast mm-hmm. yeah which was bizarre. But like racing games usually just work better. It's the same with like fighting games and that. They just look better at a higher frame rate and play better at a higher frame rate. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my two cents. I'll go back to my cage. <laughs> yeah, well, um, actually, let's move to Xbox. We did talk a little bit about Xbox previously, but... Um, not quite as much as we shall right now. Um, I'm going to read you this little first bit of this article from Forbes. Um, it's called Fam- uh, Microsoft Family Sharing on Xbox One is on the Roadmap. Um, the article elaborates, Last summer when the internet was railing against Microsoft's controversial Xbox One DRM policies and the tech giant was scrambling to salvage a badly damaged Xbox brand, one feature alone was almost universally praised by the press and gamers alike. Family sharing was the concept that you could let a small group of friends and family share your digital games library. While you couldn't just give the disc to whoever you wanted, there would be a more fluid system for sharing those cl- with those close to you. When Microsoft walked back on the rest of those always online policies, family sharing went with it, and the gamers mourned. Um... Apparently, um, they spoke with Phil Spencer, who, um, when I say they, I mean Gamertag Radio had this interview with Phil Spencer, 
And he didn't provide a time frame for bringing back family sharing, but it is kind of on the radar. Um, it's possible to bring it back. It's something that they'd probably like to bring back. Um, what do you guys know, and how do you guys feel about the family sharing feature that was originally proposed with the Xbox One? They saw Steam do it, and they were going to copy? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what Microsoft does best? What? <laughs> that's what, the, honestly, that's what they do best is, uh, is copying. I mean, that's what they're doing with, uh, you know, Games for Gold. And then finally they lifted the paywall on, uh, the, you know, Dude, it doesn't, it doesn't, for Netflix and stuff. It doesn't even stick with the, in the gaming universe. I mean, the, the smartphone thing, the tablet thing, um, I mean... I don't have a problem with copying. I've said that straight out before. I mean, it's that's how technology works. It has to start somewhere, and then it has to go somewhere. That's how it grows. Um, yep. But it's true that Microsoft, I mean, goodness, in, in order to salvage the brand, as Forbes put it, uh, they had to copy a lot of stuff. I mean, they copied ID at Xbox. Um, they, because Sony was doing this whole indie movement, so Xbox had to do this indie movement, too. Um, that's just how it works, and that's part of why Xbox is where it is now and not where it was last year. So um, mm. that's, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of copying, but Microsoft has been doing a lot of copying lately, and not just in the games market, but I don't know. What, what else do you think it can yeah. do? I wasn't going to say it was like a bad thing necessarily. It's just that... It feels like too much like they're running with their tail between their legs. It's like, well, we need to grab this. We need to grab that. We need to, when it's really just go do what you do best and make something new. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did. Uh, they tried to, but it wasn't very good. Um, they tried to take yes. everything and put it into one box when that doesn't really fit in with people's lifestyles. No, I mean... Everybody's already... It's like, oh, you could get rid of all of the you know, have in one box, but it's like, why would I go through all the trouble getting rid of everything then? It's like, mm-hmm. I just want a video game console. Like, all the TV stuff is cool, I like it, but I want a video game console. That's it. Because that's what people look at the Xbox for. They're looking for a gaming device, first and foremost. Everything else is extra. When you're putting it as TV and stuff, it's just like, well, I don't care anymore. You know what? I, I never even had a problem with Microsoft entering this whole set-top box TV market at all. They can do that if they want to, but they would have made a killing selling those things as separate set-top boxes. Like if they, because I mean, there's Chromecast, there's Roku, there's Apple TV, uh, there's all these different set-top boxes, but there isn't a set-top box quite like what the Xbox One can do with TV. That probably would have made them a lot of money while still keeping the regular Xbox. Um, the way an Xbox should be, <laughs> you know, they they could have avoided last year and probably made a fortune doing that, but no, they're like, hey, let's lump this in with a video game console and merge the two markets because you know, people who want a set top box would definitely spend five hundred dollars on a video game console. <laughs> um, it, it just showed a lack of understanding of their market, but. Um, They've learned, Thor. Oh yeah, they they learned. They've still got four point five million units of learning to do, um, <laughs> but they're 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 getting there, which is good. They're they're getting there. They had a strong E three, and um, Xbox things are looking up. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, but family sharing, 
was definitely one of the features that people were loving. Uh, they loved the idea that, hey, you know, I can just share this with my friends and family. There is one hiccup that I questioned, though. Um, I have been hearing tell that you can't share a full game. You can only share, like, part of a game, and, and there are other restrictions as far as game sharing is concerned. Like, you can only share it for so long. You can only share this much of it, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do, do you guys know anything about those? Not really, but I can see why. Mm -hmm. From a, a developer's point of view, it's like you wouldn't want like your entire game just to be given away for free to someone, even though it's kind of like you know giving the actual game to someone, but that's a bit different than just going, look, I have the game, go play it whenever you want, and then... Because then one person could just buy the game and then use that account for multiple people, and it'd be like, hmm? Well, I mean, then, it, it's not like they couldn't come up with a better system for it. I mean, Kindle does does it. Um, if, if you use Kindle, there are some books that you can lend to people, and um, you, you can lend them the book, they can accept it. The minute they accept it, they have a certain amount of time to read it. While that person has the game, you do not, or not, excuse me, the book, you do not have access to the book. Like, it's, um, it's listed on your account, but you can't access it because it's lent out to someone. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good system for, for lending games. I mean, what if Microsoft had done that instead of the, adding all these restrictions to it? Seems too much of a headache for them to work out. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, mm. don't, I don't get what Microsoft was thinking back then. Um, yeah. Don't think I don't Microsoft know. got what they were thinking back then. I don't think Microsoft got what they were thinking back then. Um, they, they've gone through a lot of restructuring. Um, what's his face went to Zynga, and um, I, Don Matrick. Don Matrick. I'm sorry. I, that nope. that wasn't me being cute. I, I really, for some reason, just blanked out on the guy's name. I'm sorry. Um, Don Matrick is his name. He went to Zynga, Mr. Um, Buy an Xbox Mr. Buy an Xbox 360 oh. now goes to Zynga. Uh, Phil yeah. Spencer is now in charge, and I think he's been doing a great job. Um, yeah, for sure. I think for sure Xbox One is looking up thanks to Phil Spencer. Um, he's kind of made himself the face of the Xbox One, which it needed, um, and it, it's all been it's all been getting better. So, props to, props to Phil, props to the Xbox One, and as for family sharing, hey, uh, we'll see how it does. I think I, I don't know. I think it's a great idea, but the execution would need to be better than they had planned, um, if what I've heard is true about it. Um, one point that Forbes makes at the end of the article is that, as an added bonus, if Microsoft announced family sharing, Sony would likely have to follow suit, and gamers would win all around. Um, I kind of chuckle at that, because you can technically do the same thing on the PlayStation. It's not, it's not quite named or publicized in the same way, but, you know, you can... It's literally designed like this. Like, if you've called Sony for tech support in the past, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, you can just send... Have the person log on to your account or something and download the game. And it can stay on, on that console. That's exactly why we've done it like that. So you can share games like that. But, um... I mean, yeah, if Microsoft were to go super public, super official with this, chances are Sony probably would do something similar although they have been doing it for a while. Um, oh, hey, look, this is weird. This is weird. I just scrolled down from the um, Microsoft article. 
and I found one that says Google and Razer are teaming up on a game console. Yep. What do you know about this, uh, Fraser? You sound knowledgeable. Uh, no, I've seen bits and bobs. They haven't really said much. It's just it's meant to be something akin to the sort of Apple TV. Okay. Um, but uh, other than that, they, they kind of kept quiet on it, sort of. But Yeah. From what I, I've heard, it's... Um, let's see here. Um, if I remember, yeah, it's more of like a set-top box for like... In addition to games, you know, other media, like music, movies, stuff like that. And um, I can, you know, unlike, unlike Razer's products, I imagine, you know, if Google's involved, that they'll try to make it as affordable as possible. I freaking hate Razer. <laughs> Their stuff is very expensive. The thing is, I, I am here with a Razer Naga Epic on my desk. And I love the mouse. I love what it does. The software is Garbage. Razor I will never go near Razor ever again. Razor Synapse is absolute garbage, um, especially for me because I use a Mac computer and um, I do some of my gaming on, on Windows. I have Boot Camp, so I switch between them. And, you know, on Windows, I guess it's fine sometimes. It has its little quirks, but they, they release updates pretty frequently. Over on the Mac side, there's this thing where... One profile, like I'll have my Guild Wars 2 profile on Windows, and the scrolling speed will be just fine. And then I'll switch back to Mac, same profile, Guild Wars 2 for Windows, and the scrolling speed is like half. And like I have to keep moving the mouse back and forth to get to where I want to go. And the way to fix it is to unplug the mouse and plug it back in, sometimes multiple times. The only problem mm. with that is sometimes when I unplug my mouse, it crashes my whole freaking computer. <laughs> wow. And then I can recommend another uh, maker to go with. Hold on. I'm not even done, though. They <laughs> released a patch on the Mac version lately. And did they fix the problem of it crashing the computer? No. Did, did they fix the problem of, you know, the, the difference in scrolling, in uh, tracking speed? No. It was greater stability when unplugging and plugging the mouse back in at a rapid pace. So they did not fix the issue that you have to unplug and plug in the mouse to get it to work properly. They just made it a little easier. They just made it so your computer is less likely to crash. And I say less likely because it still does crash. They just made it so that your computer is less likely to crash when you have to do that to get it to work. Like, that's what they spent the resources on instead of fixing the freaking problem. I don't like Razer. I will never buy a Razer mouse again. Um, I will never buy a Razer product again after the customer service I had. What did they do? Uh, I, had a key, um, I had a keyboard that pretty much broke within about three months of using it. Uh, the space bar snapped in half. What? How so does the space bar snap in half? It's not like... I don't know. Did you just I, I contacted them and they they, <laughs> wow. they just screwed around and everything and just ended up not getting back to me. I was like, I've, I've had enough. Their customer service is the worst I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. So I gave up and was like, no, put it in the bin and I bought TT Sports and I've never looked back. TT Sports? Mm-hmm. Does it have mm-hmm. like that seventeen button thing that the Naga Epic does? Um, I know they have 
other professional type ones. I use this sort of just normal with two sided buttons because it's a. It also has a dragon on it because dragons. <laughs> I, I really like my Razer mouse, but the software is garbage. Um, absolutely terrible, terrible software. Um, I am I am not holding back Razer. I don't like your products. Sorry. Um, you want a compliment? Make better products. That's all I've got to say. Um, <laughs> terrible mouse. Terrible mouse. Don't buy a Razer mouse. Um, so that's a that's enough of my chewing out Razer. Um, <laughs> let's see. Not too long ago, Microsoft did something a little peculiar. Um, this is on GameSpot as well. Um, it came out, keep in mind that it was published June 23rd, 2014. Um, and, and this article is titled, Microsoft congratulates Sony on PS4 launch, but says it's still, quote, early days. Um, you know, that sounds familiar. H- have you heard this before? No. You haven't? Because this is like the third or fourth time that Microsoft has gone and said, hey, PS4, you're good guys, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. The, oh, no, yeah. yeah so they keep coming out with that, though. It's just like, gonna shop. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, well, that's cool. You know, we don't need to hear you say that again. We get the point. I, I, I'm wondering where they're going with that. Um, I mean, the very first line of this article, the PlayStation 4 may have a sales advantage over the Xbox One right now, but the battle for the living room which they're still apparently focused on, is more of a marathon than a sprint. Head of Xbox Phil Spencer says in a new interview, soon there are going to be green t-shirts that say it's a marathon and not a sprint. And I will probably buy one. Uh, I don't like the color green. You don't like green? I despise the color green. Well, I despise the color red. I despise the color red, so take that. Um, Ah. (laughs) At least the PS4 is blue. (laughs) I love love blue. Um, And that's not a PS4-related thing. Blue's my favorite color. Blue's everybody's favorite color, except for Fraser. Um, I guess to their their credit, it is true. It is early days, and we're barely into this generation. Uh, Consoles aren't even a year old yet. There's plenty to go. Um, Although, Ben did point out at one point that... Xbox has probably lost the window um, because there's a point in time where you, you it's like a speech. You have just a, a short amount of time to get people's attention and get them buying your product. But um, right now, PlayStation nailed that. Xbox floundered. So now a lot of people have PlayStations. Their friends have PlayStations. So if you're looking and you're undecided, you're tr- probably going to go with what your friends have, which is probably a PlayStation at this point. So um, it's an uphill battle at this point for Xbox. So I think they can catch up. They're working on it. Uh, They're doing some good stuff. But they're still behind. They've got a way to go. Um, That's totally true as well. It is. Um, Wait, which part are you talking about? The whole friends thing. I know so many people that are like Xbox fanatics and they've just completely switched. It's like, couldn't be bothered with Microsoft anymore. Sick of hearing them just flapping their mouth, so I went and got a PS4, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, I mean, once everyone has a console, well, you want to join, you want to do what your friends are doing, you want to play with your friends, um, you know, whether it's just that you like what the PS4 is selling, you know, once you buy something, it affects 
in some ways what other people buy. So it's kind of that kind of web effect. So PS4 is already deeply rooted in that. Xbox, not so much. Uh, getting better, but it's, it's not going to be that easy to just drop 4.5 million units or whatever to catch up with the PS4, um, which, has al- which has almost sold twice what they have, uh, with the exception of their improvement since E3. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, what do you think, er- uh, Ernest? Yeah, I think not having having that gap and um, not being in the lead. That's that's a huge disadvantage. It took PS3 years to get like catch up to 360. Yeah, they finally um, beat the 360 for the first time, like just last year. Yeah, yep, and it just that took years, and uh, of course the Wii, which had the biggest head start like gap and. We'd uh, maintain that for last generation. They're still the best-selling console of of this just past generation. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, Wii U. To tell the truth, I, I've said this before. The Wii U is a good console. Um, it just sucks that Nintendo has no idea how to sell the thing. Um, it really feels like a logical ev- evolution of the original Wii. At least to me, that's my opinion. Um, yeah. The article continues to say that Microsoft isn't really likely to look at virtual reality for the future, which is going to be another area that Microsoft will be behind in should virtual reality take off like a rocket. Um, Facebook's bought Oculus VR. Uh, Sony has Project Morpheus coming out. Phil Spencer's questioning the mainstream appeal of good technology, at least for right now. So they're going to sit back and watch, see how it goes. But again, I mean, Microsoft, with the smartphone market, with the tablet market, there's a reason they're number three or number four in that area. Um, mm-hmm. It's because they sat back and waited. And that's what they're doing again. The only thing that I can say is I'm not too sure this is going to take off either uh, because these devices are going to be pretty expensive to play uh, probably some of the same stuff you can play without them. And... Um, which makes me wonder exactly how they expect it to take off. So I guess we shall see. Um, I, I'm not going to really fault Microsoft for waiting. I, I'm just kind of, on, at least on this, I'm not going to fault them for waiting to see what happens. They, they, they want to save their money at this point. But goodness, it's just wondering when they'll actually jump on something and, and come out first, because I haven't seen them do that yet. And I don't mean just Xbox, I mean Microsoft as a whole. They don't tend to do that very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fraser, you're quiet all of a sudden. I'm still here. I'm, I've just been listening. Oh, okay. You've, you've so turned, I didn't want to just end or anything. Uh, you've turned into an audience member. I see how it is. Um, oh, fine. <laughs> is that the way we're going to do it? <laughs> fine, I'll just nod away the rest no, of the... Stop, stop doing that. Come back. Um... <laughs> This one is from Cinema Blend, and okay, I, I don't like Cinema Blend. I'm gonna say that straight up. I do not like Cinema Blend. Um, and the podcast crashes and burns. <sighs> Cinema Blend. I'm, I'm not worried about Cinema Blend. I don't like them. They, they tend to do that whole clickbait type of thing. Um, they tend to really hype certain things and not hype certain things at all. Um, they, they freaking love Nintendo. Apparently, uh, apparently. <laughs> they, they love Nintendo. 
And this continues in this article, how, which talks about how the Wii U is continuing to outsell the PS4 in Japan uh, week to week. Uh, it says that the boost from Mario Kart 8 wasn't just a fluke. Um, it's really led into some good sales for the Wii U in both the U.S. and Japan. But um, not too long ago, the Wii U outsold the PS4 in Japan, and that is continuing. That is the whole point of the, point of the article. Um, according to Nintendo Everything, uh, the 3DS... Uh, excuse me, not the 3DS. The Wii U managed third place, moving 12,249 units to the PS4's 8,395. Um, the Wii U is third place behind the 3DS, which had... Uh, it, I mean, the week before it had moved 10,000 units, so it, the 12,000 it has now is higher. The PlayStation was fourth, selling 7,000-something units. So the PS4 is now chasing the Wii U in Japan. Um, what do you guys think about this? They're both Japanese companies. Um, I, I, I feel like PlayStation has always been pretty big in Japan. Um, what do you think? Why is Nintendo suddenly finding more success than the PS4 in Japan? Um, I'm pretty sure I just read something like yesterday, though, that the Wii U sales are back down to what they were before Mario Kart again in Japan. Really? When did you read this? Yesterday. I don't know where. I'm, I'm trying to find the actual article or reading. Okay, this comes. This was published on the 26th. Um, and I guess it uses VG charts too. So, I, I don't know, do with it what you will, but again, they're not usually that far off. Um, I don't know. Huh. Do, do you see it? Have you found it? No. No? Okay, well, that's okay. Um, we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that. If I find it, I'll find it. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But that's it. either way, that's good news for the Wii U. They've been trying to figure out how to sell the freaking thing since it launched. Um, they're not very good at it um, at all. Uh, to this day, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are still people who don't know what it is. Um, and, and if people don't know what your product is, that's a red flag, right? That, that should be a strong, strong hint saying you're doing something wrong. <laughs> but um, Nintendo did not catch that fast enough. Uh, I'm still kind of shaking my head about Razer. I, I know that was a few topics ago, but it just has me shaking my head. I don't like Razer. Um, oh, on a side note, apparently you can play as a female assassin in Sunset Overdrive. No story there, just a little tidbit. <laughs> Sunset Overdrive looks pretty good. Um, we were talking about the potential of it uh, last week to come to the PS4. Do you think that could ever happen? Depends how much news uh, Microsoft has around Insomniac. Well, um, I think it was Gary that said that Microsoft actually funded the game. But Ben keeps talking about how there's a loophole where um, you could just rename the game or give it like a special version and put it on whatever console you want. And so he said that he would bet money that the PS4 will see Sunset Overdrive by um, by ne winter next year. Okay, he's put that bet down. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> I told him I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of slim chances that it happens. Um, it's happened before, I guess, with the Ninja Gaiden games that were on Xbox 360 first and 
Tecmo Cone. He's like, well, we'll just improve them and then name them Ninja Gaiden Sigma and Sigma 2 and release those on PS3. They're different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they're different enough, but who knows? Um, it's not usually that simple. I don't know what kind of contract they've drawn up. Um, so we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, guys, I think this is it. Like, I, I told you it was, it was going to be shorter. Uh, this is going to be the first time that we've actually been the racial diversity gaming hour and actually <laughs> lasted an hour. Um, usually, we, <laughs> usually we go to an hour and a half. But there just isn't all that much. Two to, hours. Yeah, two hours sometimes. Once, I think it was Dane that brought us to three hours. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to admit, I was tired at the end of that one. I, by that point, I was like, I'm, I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of this headset on my face. Um, now, that so was bad. a marathon. Th- yeah, you were there for that one, weren't you, uh, Ernest? Was I? Is that the one one? I don't know. It was episode five. Yeah, I might have been on that one. It was the one just before I started hosting. Yeah, I think that probably was. That was... That was uh, it was, yeah, that was really long. That was crazy long. Um, guys, next week is episode 25. Speaking of Dane, he will be on next episode. He specifically asked me. Um, he wanted to be on episode 20, but by the time he replied, all the spots were taken. So he said, make sure I'm on 25. So I have saved a space for the host with the most. Uh, and Dane Smith will be on next week. The author of The Lasambra Files. Again, pick that up on the Kindle store for a dollar. Come on, you, you have a dollar. You have a dollar for... I know we're gamers, so we don't read... But just read, just read the book. It's a good. It's not even that long. It's like it's just a couple of few hundred pages. So um, check that out. It's just a buck on Kindle. Um, definitely follow us on iTunes. I know I say definitely a lot. I don't usually do that. Just in this podcast, just for you guys. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can get both of our amazing podcasts downloaded to all of your iThings automatically. Um, we may be moving to a separate Podbean account. Well, we use Podbean. Um, like I said before, we, our, our Twitter used to be RDGHPSU, but um, that's because we're from PlayStation Universe, PSU. But because we talk about not just PlayStation, but all the consoles, we decided, um, or at least I decided, I don't know, uh, no one's really weighed in. But I feel like um, it, it makes more sense not to be called like PlayStation anything and just be called the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. Uh, but if you are a PlayStation fan, check out PlayStation Universe because we're awesome. Um, follow us on Twitter as well, um, at the RDGH, at T-H-E-R-D-G-H. Leave us your opinions, how you feel, what you're thinking. Um, also, reviews on iTunes, we will read those on the air the following week, the following episode after they are live. Um, as far as that goes, oh, and check out ocremix.org, just a reminder. Uh, overclocked remix makes some great video game remixes, guys. Um, Fraser, yeah, how, I'm here. You're here. How can people contact you? Well, if you want to catch me on PSU, it's Fraser.Miller at PSU.com, or you can catch me on Twitter, Fraz101, three Zs, three Zs, or for our American listeners, three Zs. Um, oh, dead. Oh, Ugh, That's such a weird... Ernest, isn't it weird? Like, <laughs> F-R-A-Z-Z-Z feels right. But F-R-A-Z-Z-Z feels weird. Right, okay, it's... Leave me alone. 
<laughs> Sorry to all of our uh, UK listeners, but I don't know. It feels weird to me. Um, <laughs> Ernest, how about you, sir? Um, they want to reach me at PSU. It's uh, Ernest.Lin, L-I-N, at PSU.com, or Twitter uh, at Ernstylin, E-R-N-S-T-Y-L-I-N. All right, and if you want to reach me, you can at goglen underscore on Twitter, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore on Twitter, or at glenn.gordon at psu.com. Um, also follow, I'm, I'm giving you homework. I'm telling you, follow this, follow that, just follow everything. Um, follow Fraser's channel, Smash Gaming 999, for some good video game paraphernalia. Thank you again. You're welcome again. And with that, we will see you next week for RDGH episode 25 um, with Dane and whoever else I can find. Um, until then, of course, we wish you a great week, great gaming, and as always, don't be a racist.